Hi guys, I'm Coach Desi and this is Post Stop to Won't Stop. I'm a physician assistant who fell in love with bariatrics while working with a surgeon here in Florida. Finding ways to help my patients in their journey has always been my priority. I'm now a personal trainer who works with clients to help them reach their goals and stay on track after their surgery. Post Stop to Won't Stop was developed to allow patients a platform to share their stories and to help educate people on the process of weight loss through surgery. Let's listen to real people share their wins and losses and learn what really happens in the journey after surgery. Hi everyone and welcome to season two of Post Stop to Won't Stop. Today I am so, so, so excited to learn all the things about this next guest's story. She has journeyed into weight loss surgery, had profound uh, effects and, and success with it, and has since went into having plastic surgery. So she is gonna share all the things that we wanna know about her story. So Christine, welcome, great to have you. Absolutely, thank you, Desi. Um, it's a long one, so we're gonna wrap it up in a little nutshell here. So several years ago, about five years ago, week for Christmas, unfortunately, I was in a car accident and um, broken ribs, collapsed lung, all these kinds of things. They had to airlift me to the hospital. And during that process, I would say I was probably about 30 pounds overweight. And it was one of those things that I have always grown up in the diet culture. I'm going to be 50 years old this year. And I really don't think there was a time in my life that I can look at my family and think someone wasn't on a quote diet. And I thought that was just normal. So I remember at that time thinking I was about 30 pounds overweight. Well, during the process of healing, um, I gained about another 80 pounds. So the next thing you know, um, medications, all this kind of stuff, cupcake pity parties. I mean, I'm just going to say what it is. It, food comforts you. It, it helps. Um, I ended up gaining quite a bit of weight. And the next thing I knew, I was looking at about 284 pounds. And I have a great uh, doctor that actually took off his jacket and said, listen, we need to talk. I've seen you for several years. You're on all these different medications. But the real route to this is losing weight. Um, you are not happy. I wasn't internally happy with myself, not just physically, but emotionally. I, no matter what I did, I couldn't get to the root cause of my unhappiness. So with that being said, I had a VSG. I found a great physician to this day. I can still recommend him to anyone. He's a wonderful physician and my life changed dramatically, uh, not just in aspect of weight, my health improved with my health improving physically, my mental health improved. I was in school. I was working full-time and school full-time, which kind of left not a lot of time. I finished my MBA. I felt like I could take on the world. It just, I wish more people had this empowering sense of do it, do what's good for you. One thing I had mentioned to you in the past was people get help for cancer um, and you get flowers and you get, you know, all of this, oh gosh, I hope you're well and you're doing okay. But when you're overweight, there is a stigma behind that of, well, you can just solve it, go on a diet. That's not the case. It doesn't always even have to be something that is a real medical diagnosis. It could be literally anxiety, depression, whatever the case may be, it doesn't even matter. You've gotten to this point and you need some help and bariatrics is a great way to get you back on track, to get your life back. And that is in a nutshell, my story prior to leading to plastics of how I started off with weight loss surgery. 
That's incredible. That is a really, and that's a giant nutshell. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. That's, that's a brief, you know, part of it. Yeah. So walk me through this. Um, given the level of trauma that you had with your motor vehicle accident and mentally, was there any kind of resources or guidance that you had during that time period? Even before your doctor sat you down and had that conversation? I did not. Um, this is where I had to change my mindset of it's okay to get help. I, again, uh, grew up kind of in a time when you, you're just, you be strong, you be strong, you, you stay strong, you, you do whatever it takes to get to that next level, whether it's in your career or in your personal life or anything like that. And I said, no more, I needed to go to some therapy. I went to therapy previous to weight loss surgery and decided I need to find out why I was unhappy. And this, yes, weight came up, obviously, but that wasn't the core to it. It was, I pushed myself too much. I'm a type A personality. Maybe I needed to take a step back. Maybe I needed to ask for some help. So that was step one. Step two was then actually believing it myself that I needed this help. And that was not easy for me to accept help. Um, I actually decided to go on some medication. So I am a firm believer of that as well. I'm on Lexapro 20 milligrams every day, and I don't see myself ever getting off of it. It really leveled me out where I felt um, like myself again inside. I felt some happiness coming back. My anxiety was lower. I was able to heal my body from my ribs and get to the gym instead of thinking I can just, I just want to take a nap. I, I can't do this anymore. Um, my therapist was introduced me to other people that were going through the same process and encouraged me to be in a group setting. That was very uncomfortable for me in the beginning. And now I look at it like those people are lifesavers. Everyone has a different story and you don't know what it is. So we can have our pity parties and think, well, I'm the only one going through this. But when you actually reach out, you'll see people are going through worse um, or the same. It's not a competition, but there's some level of self-healing that needed to occur to be able to successfully lose weight, keep it off, keep yourself happy and constantly motivated. That's awesome. You said something really intriguing. You said that you loved yourself enough to get the counseling that you needed. I love that. I really love that. Yeah. I really feel I didn't love myself enough. I had gone through two previous divorces in my life and I got married very young, had my daughter young. And while I wouldn't change any of that, what I would change is having more empowering women around me and men, but women that would say to me, love yourself. You deserve this. You deserve to have a complete happy package. Your daughter deserves to have you happy because if you're not happy, how can you make anyone else happy? Um, due to that, I decided to stay out of relationships. I decided I had no business dating until I healed myself internally. And that is what really kind of got the ball rolling onto my physical health. And I am going to be forever grateful for the time I took to make myself feel good. Wow. I, <laughs> you. that is the real work right there. That is some hard work right there. Um, and the other thing that I love that you said was that, um, I love that your doctor sat down with you, took his jacket off and got real with you for a moment and realized Absolutely. not just pointing out you have a weight problem, which that's a whole nother topic that you don't want to get me on because that just gets my engine going. But <laughs> exactly. 
but I love that he pulled back and realized that there's a layer under that. And that is what needed to be addressed. Um, Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. Because they can give you medication all day long. It's not going to address the real problem. And he knows I see he's still my main uh, physician today. And he will always say, I am your biggest cheerleader. I've, I love watching what you've done. And I always tell him, you started this. You're the one that, again, took off that jacket and told me, here's what I would tell my own daughter. And this is what I would love to see you have to do is get some help. Now, to those that are listening in right now who are in that place, probably before you did the work to, to find love within yourself, for yourself, um, what would you say to that person who's maybe not ready to take that step to counseling or maybe just feels like it's not worth it or they won't get anything out of, out of it or, you know, whatever, fill in the blank of all these myths that are out there? What would you say to that person? Dive into why. I know for myself, I had to find out where was my intimidation coming from? Why was I so hesitant to put my story out there? I know that ultimately, you know, as I was younger, as a teen, and then even in my 20s, I was a very private person and a little bit, well, now I know not just a little, but probably very insecure. And I'm the exact opposite person now. My life is mine. I'm not here to impress anyone else. Anything I do is truly for me. Um, so for that, you don't have to be ready to be in a group setting. You could start easy by just giving yourself a break, reading good, happy quotes, staying away from negativity. I definitely took a look of people that were around me. Why did I have them around me? And it's easier said than done to cut people out of your life. And I'm not saying I did, you know, that this big thing like that, but maybe people I dated in the past, were they a good influence or not? Were they making me feel like I could be anything I wanted to be. And that wasn't the case. And that could be in your friendships as well. And I wasn't ready to have those big conversations. I was nervous. Um, and when I did do that, it, it really was quotes of that kind of stung and were inside like, wow, that's me in that quote, which I think a lot of us can relate to quotes, which is why they're out there all over the place. You know, you see them on Instagram and you're like, Oh, I, I really relate to that. Um, I went and got some self-help books and I wanted to see like as a, like a dating single woman or divorce or all these kinds of things. Oh gosh, there's someone out there that went through this. And no, I don't feel stupid going to the self-help section at, <laughs> you know, the bookstore and getting this book that I used to think like, well, why would anyone need that? It may help you in that moment. It doesn't mean you're going to need them for your whole life. It just yeah. may help you in that moment to, to get you to open up. Love it. Love it. How did you... How did you get to your surgeon? Was this just a, a referral from your primary and you trusted him or did you interview different surgeons? Tell me about that process of selecting your, your bariatric surgeon. Absolutely. Now, this one was interesting for me because I didn't tell a lot of people this at the time. I went through my initial process through my insurance and because in their minds, I wasn't considered quote overweight enough. Cause unfortunately things come down to, you know, your BMI and an actual weight on the scale. I'm five, eight and I'm tall and I pretty much carried my weight well, but medications would tell another story. I started doing some research around and I went through the six month process um, that it took through my insurance and I was denied and I felt devastated absolutely devastated. And the reason why I was denied is again, because I said I wasn't quote overweight enough. And I thought there's gotta be more to this. What am I overlooking? I decided to go to Mexico and I'm not saying that because 
it was more, and it was inexpensive because it's, you know, there's still a cost there. Um, I work in the medical field and my whole life growing up in California, you hear horror stories about Mexico. They make TV shows about it and movies, you know, that's what all the good stuff's made out of. And in reality, I have never had the kind of care I had when I went to Mexico because I did find a surgeon. Um, his name is Dr. Fernando Garcia. He was so caring when I did an interview with him on the phone and through a FaceTime, I felt an immediate connection to his kindness. And he was a bariatric patient himself in the past. And that to me was uh, what really drew me to him were, was being able to watch him over a year on his Instagram, for example, and watch his life and how it changed and how he was changing other people's lives. I went alone to Mexico. I didn't want to hear anyone else's opinions. Would I have done that years ago? Absolutely not. It would have came down to, oh, you think it's a bad idea? Okay, I won't go. You know, absolutely not. I knew I was going to have hesitation from people. And it is still, I will always say this, best decision I ever made. He started my, a whole new life. I saw pictures on my time hop that came up this morning from just six years ago. And I don't know who that girl is anymore. I kind of looked the same because it was before my accident, but I don't know internally when I look at her eyes and how sad she was, who that person was. So Dr. Garcia was a godsend. That's awesome. How did, how was it when you came back, when you came back, was there follow-up? Well, like, this is interesting to me. I, I, I've not interviewed anybody who's gone to Mexico. So this is probably going to be a very popular episode here because I know it's a big yeah. Exactly. A lot of people asked that. And there was a lot of follow up, actually, there are regular emails of Christine, you need to make sure you do your blood work. So whether that is my one month, three months, six months, or my annual, till this day, they still do it. Um, All of the nurses and my doctor follow me on, you know, social media, and they are supporters you can't get that everywhere you go, you know, and it was a lot of fun to get their advice and uh, the follow-up there of, again, the emails. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for the reminder. I'll do my blood work. Um, Cause it is important to get that follow-up and, and to make sure you're getting enough fluids in and, and proteins and all those things. They would send these packages over that would tell you, you know, tips and tricks basically of successful weight loss. And I, Again, you just don't get that everywhere. And I really appreciated that. But I knew that ahead of time by watching his group. And that's what they did. And I knew I needed that security and help. That's awesome. So completely uneventful post-op period, no complications, any, have you experienced any vitamin deficiencies, any, any, anything else that since having surgery? The only thing that uh, was different for me, and this could have happened with or without surgery, but I'm going to definitely say it was (laughs) due to surgery is, um, I definitely was dehydrated at first. I wasn't getting in enough fluids. You learn as you go water. And I were like best friends previous to surgery. And till this day, I still can't drink plain water. It just sits on my stomach very heavy. And so I was learning. I liked it with lemon or protein water, things like that. Previous getting in all my fluids, I developed some kidney stones and that was definitely painful. And that was about three months post-op. And whenever they did my testing, they're like, you're incredibly dehydrated. And that was a learning experience. Um, the other thing was dehydration right after surgery. Don't be afraid, you know, to go get an IV bag because you're not getting in enough. Again, it's asking for help and not thinking it's weakness. 
and understanding what your body can handle and what it can't. But I didn't have any other major setbacks or anything like that, other than the kidney stones, which are not fun in any circumstance. They're not but fun since at all. Then, I, yeah, I haven't had any since then, so I'm good. I'm also a kidney stone person, so I know exactly. It's definitely a different kind of pain. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, yeah, that's like having a baby all over again. It kind of reminded me why I had one child. There you go. <laughs> Awesome. Um, so let's get into what is your relationship? What was your relationship like with your body before, um, before even your, your car accident? What was it after the car accident before weight loss surgery? And what is it today? Walk me through that journey. Absolutely. I can take a real good look at that and know exactly what to say. I treated it like a garbage disposal, quite, to be quite frank. It was fad diets or whatever would be a quick fix in the moment uh, to get ready to maybe fit into a dress for a party or something like that. I did not have balanced meals. I wasn't eating vegetables at high proteins. I realized I had a very unhealthy relationship with food because I was eating what made me feel good, not what fueled my body. And there is nothing wrong with eating good food. I am still all about that frosting on a cupcake, but it doesn't mean I need to have five of them. I can have a couple bites and be completely satisfied. I can bake. I can do whatever I want. I do not limit myself whatsoever when it comes to sweet treats and coffee and feeling good. But previous to this, it was my motivation. I would, I, I can very clearly tell you that I would have a long day at work and I could justify coming home and getting Del Taco in my exact same order every day. Why? Because I worked hard and I was tired and I didn't want to cook and why not? No one knows what I'm going through. This is me. And I deserve that. I could have justified that every single day. And I did. Um, and now fast forward, I eat as clean as possible. Um, and I wasn't sure even what that meant. That took a lot of research too. eating plant-based foods. I never thought I'd be that person. I knew growing up, I didn't like meat. It was always a joke between me and my dad. He'd always, you know, he calls me Kirsty and he'd say, Oh, Kirsty, you're a vegetarian, blah, blah, blah. Like when, when did that happen? And I'm like, I never really liked meat. It just didn't sit well with me after surgery. Meat definitely didn't sit well with me. And I was okay with that. Um, I've got friends that, you know, went back to their same way of eating, but smaller portions with meat and things like that. And they know it's just not who I am. I am very much plant-based, um, milk, things like that. As I progress, I just realized it's not even that my body doesn't want it. I don't want it. And I know I'm healthier because of it. Vitamins, um, very regimented on my vitamins and going back to, sorry, one of the questions you had asked was deficiency. I haven't had any deficiencies of anything. I had a little too much B12 here and there. And so that's why I definitely say, get your blood work done because you can think you're doing everything right. You might be doing a little too much, which then can affect, you know, your liver and your kidneys and all these things that you have the best of intentions, but in reality, you're kind of hurting yourself. Um, so with food, I no longer treat my body like a garbage disposal. I am very cautious what I put in it what time I eat. Um, I still go out and enjoy with my friends, anything and everything they want. I just stand up for myself. And I say that is I feel that in the past, you'd be like, Oh, come on, just have a bite or have a drink, have a drink. Like we've all gone through that, right? Just have one drink. I don't want to. It's, it's okay to say no, if you don't want something, it no longer does anything good for me. So I, I just choose not to have it, but I will have a fancy water with something in it that looks just as fun. And so I feel like I'm fun and festive with everyone, but 
I don't feel the need to put something in my body that no longer feels good that night or the next morning. Yeah. You know, it, I, I love that this is going to come up now because I, you know, I changed how I ate four years ago and it's really interesting how much other people, one, are invested in what you eat, you know, or yes. but two, feel like it's totally okay to comment on it. Um, and so I, I never realized how much peer pressure there was until I changed yeah. how I ate. Do, do you feel that too? And Absolutely. Throw in dating. And that's interesting. Um, I felt beginning when I'd go somewhere and I'd order, let's say a little side of beans or something. Why? Because I love beans. It's just a thing. It's literally like everyone makes a joke about it, but I can eat refried beans every day. Um, and so I'd get a side of beans and I'm happy as can be. I'm excited for this meal. And everyone's like, that's all you're going to eat. That's all you, I don't understand. Why do we even come here? Well, because this is what I'm choosing to have. You have what you want just because you were used to me maybe having something different before, which I would overindulge. And then just like, I need to take a nap. I almost felt like it was a form of jealousy in a way that my self-control was making other people feel a little bit uncomfortable. So throw in the dating aspect of that. There's nothing more uncomfortable than going on a date to dinner. And I feel food is wasted on me because I'm so regimented in what I eat. Sometimes I will tell them ahead of time that, you know, let's just meet and have coffee or, you know, if you want to have a drink or something ahead of time, um, I really don't, you know, necessarily want to go out to eat. And the reason why is that conversation gets old really, really fast. I was just talking to a friend about this the other day that talk about a dead killer conversation pre-date is about your bariatric surgery uh, for someone you haven't even met yet. You just don't want to have it. It's a personal private thing. Um, but yes, going back to what people think, it's very judgmental or have too much. Well, last week you said you couldn't have that. No, I never said I couldn't have it. I said I didn't want it. But this week I do want to have a little bit of that. Doesn't, again, mean that I'm going to eat the whole entire thing. It just means that I, I can do what I want when I want, just like a grown adult. Yes. <laughs> You're right. It's a policing situation. It's weird. Well, Christine, you, you cracked it open. So I'm going to go there. Let's talk about it. So when is it, when do you feel you're comfortable discussing this? Is it like a time thing or is it just depending on the person? Do you like never say anything? Like what, walk me through dating after bariatric surgery. Yeah. Um, at first it was just so interesting because I was coming to terms with my body and we all know once we've had the surgery, you drop the first 20, 30 pounds and you're feeling like a queen. Like I am it and no one can tell me different and I'm going to wear anything and everything I want. And, you know, you go into it a couple years later and you're like, wow, I'd only lost 20, 30 pounds, but it sure felt good. And that did make me want to start dating again. So with that being said, I did not tell people at first and I would order like a small you know, side thing. And they would think, well, you're not happy. I thought you wanted to come to this location. And depending on how they would react to like, I get my water first and maybe wait 30 minutes, you know, things like that. It's so weird is to tell the waitress, Oh, can I get my water now? Or my tea, you know, um, and not realize how important that is. Cause I really do want to eat that 30 minutes in between. Some people would, actually say well first they thought they were just pros on the subject a couple gentlemen and would say oh well you know my sister's cousin so-and-so had it and she gained all her weight back um so eating out places like this aren't going to do you any good and i'm thinking well that's just going to be a real short date and then there were other ones that would say explain more i'd love to know more i've never known anyone that had that you don't look like you had it i'm not even sure what that means because 
We don't wear a sign across our forehead that says weight loss surgery. Um, so that's why I say now, sometimes it's like, well, let's just go meet for coffee. <laughs> Cause I know I can do that. And, and nobody questions it, but yeah, it, it just depends who they are. I would say. And you know, if you have like a good vibe initially when you're on a date, if it opens up a great conversation starter, it can be, it could be a great conversation starter. And you might be surprised. I met one guy that actually had weight loss surgery. And so it was a great conversation. Wow. And well, and is that multiple dates then that night? <laughs> or with that? Unfortunately, no, this is still during my hiatus of, you know, again, my age, I've had, again, two failed marriages, just the way it is. I know, you know, when you're looking, who what you're looking for. I, I think I've actually found that guy now. But anyways, that being said, um, you know what you're looking for. And if the conversation is going nowhere, and even with food and relationship with food and just uh, drinking, especially drinking things, if you're not along the same lines, it's actually a good way to see um, if you're compatible in many ways, because I know my lifestyle is not going to change with my relationship to food and my health with my body. And if I'm watching someone uh, have five drinks at the first date, um, I don't care about the food. I mean, have what you want, but they're telling me about what they do like regularly. It's very interesting to watch sober, <laughs> you know, as a healthier person now and think we will never mesh. Wow. Well, I appreciate you sharing this because I don't know that I've interviewed anybody who's talked about the dating side. <laughs> social changes. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of social things that happen too. Like you were saying, like Absolutely. naturally there's people in your life that just, they're no longer going to be connected because they're not on the same um, path, I'll say. Um and then even, like you said, sometimes you go out with them and you think that everything's hunky-dory and then they're making comments about what you're eating or judgment, judgmental comments here and there about maybe even how you look. And, and then, you know, okay, that's, that's toxicity I don't necessarily need in my life. But, but dating is absolutely level beyond that. Yeah, it, with people dating, just friends, family, I mean, I would say more just friends that you, you can have someone in your life, let's say 20-something years. And then you take this different journey on really wellness, all around wellness, and you realize they're no longer serving a part of your life anymore that's healthy. And that was really hard for me to come to terms with over these past few years is it wasn't healthy to have them in my life. And it wasn't just for food. It was emotionally. I feel more at peace now in my life than I have ever been in my life. And it feels wonderful. That's awesome. 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 So happy for you. That's great. Thank you. Um, so you're, you're out, you've had weight loss surgery. How long out, how far out are you now? Uh, let's see a little over three years. I was going to say three years. So you've been out three years and what are, what, what's the new journey? What have you been through recently that you want to share? Newest journey, not even six weeks in is plastics. If you would have asked me, was I having plastics when I started weight loss? I was adamant to tell you absolutely not. Um, and here's why I changed my mind is during that time, there's that honeymoon period, you know, for the first, I'd say year or more for, for bariatrics where your body, even though you're losing weight, maybe you still have volume in certain areas like your breasts or your rear or things like that. And depends how old you are and where your elasticity is. Well, again, going to be 50 here and holy Hannah, everything just kind of sunk everywhere on a little over my second year. And 
I was happy with myself still. I mean, I still was pleased, you know, I could look in the mirror and think you've come a long way, babe, you know, like there's a lot good happening here. And it really hit me about six months ago. Is this the rest of my life? Like I'm out paddleboarding, which is something I love to do. And it was semi funny. Um, this seal had jumped on my board and I kind of went flying long story short is what I noticed was on my GoPro when I was recording it, I had a breast that had fallen out and my side cheek was falling out. And I realized that's a lot of loose skin. there, just kind of jiggling that. Do I want to live with this or do I want to take care of it? So thank you to the seal for, you know, kind of giving me that little uh, experience to, to decide to move forward with plastics. Um, I, with that being said, let's go back to Mexico. So I had been following a physician that I met in the hospital when I had my VSG and wonderful, wonderful man, uh, his doctor, Ochoa, I actually follow him on Instagram. If anyone wanted to take a look because he has got to be one of the most personable, sweetest men I've ever met. And he had a waiting list until 2023. So let's go back let's see, it's six weeks now, this coming up weeks, let's just go back pretty much seven weeks. I turned in my application. I decided let's just go for it. I did my photos, which we talk about humbling is doing your before photos where you're just like, Hmm, kind of knew I need a little help, you know, but I could hide it in a bathing suit, but you can't hide it when it's all out there for your consult. Um, I got the consult back of what needed to be done. And it was not what I expected. Um, you know, a, a good surgeon's job is to tell you how they can improve where they see what would be the best for you. What would be the best outcome? They're artists, you know, a true plastic surgeon and artist. And he wanted to do a 360, which would be all the way around, you know, my back for those who know. And it sounds really silly, but I had a big tattoo on my back and I thought, Oh, I don't want to cut my tattoo, you know, things like that. I don't need that. Um, extended breast lift which, you know, goes under my arms, breasts, and then up the middle. And, and vanity wise, I was like, oh gosh, do I want to do that? And then I thought, no, I'm going to go with his recommendation. Why? Because he's the pro, not me and scars fade. So I turn in the application book for November of 2023. And then I get an email within, let's say about four days saying, Hey, Christine, we know you're in California. Um, you wouldn't have to get a quick flight. Doctor has a cancellation. Um, someone unfortunately had COVID and they had to cancel. Would you like to come in? A couple LOLs went back and forth like, Oh, I wish. And yeah, there's not possible. Um, and then I thought, wait a minute again, why not call my boss? And I just say, Hey, is it reasonable to take some time off? And again, working in a hospital setting, he's like, you've been helping COVID patients for two years. I think we can handle this. You know, um, he's, I didn't tell him where I was going, what I was doing. I didn't tell anyone. Again, it was one of those things. I didn't want to hear any negativity. I take that back. I did tell one of my best friends, Eileen, and she's very supportive. So she was like, wow, you know, if you're going to do this, like go for it type thing. Next thing I know, I'm doing my blood work all within eight days. Had to do this quick, make sure everything was ready. My blood levels were correct. Uh, COVID testing, all my travel forms, everything was up to date. Next thing you know, I was there. And I remember waking up after surgery going, here I am in Mexico alone again. Um, at that point I had told my daughter because I needed, she was just going to drive me to the airport where they pick you up. And I did tell my mother, but sort of last minute, because I knew I wasn't going to have this like fantastic response. Cause they're fearful for you. They love you, you know, and any surgery is scary. I don't care where you go or what you do. 
but you're now leaving the country alone and they can't be there by your bedside. So with that being said, I remember waking up and going, here I am again. I'm questioning all of my life choices. What have I done? <laughs> and um, literally recorded everything because I, I thought I'm going to remember this experience, drugged up or not. I, I want to remember this. This is crazy. I can't believe I'm doing this. And I'm grateful I did because I can look back on that now. And I was even happy right straight from surgery. I, I knew I had made the right decision. Um, my healing has gone really well. I had, uh, again, the 360 belt. I had extended um, breast lift, which removed my back, uh, unfortunate flaps that I had had, uh, lifted my rear Brazilian butt lift and did also lipo and uh, muscle repair. And I am just so grateful. I really, truly am. I really haven't even had a chance to really look at my body other than through healing and getting lymphatic massages and things like that. But this week was my first week at work where I feel like I'm walking a little bit straighter. Um, I can see that let's say three weeks from now, I am going to be very pleased with the results. And when I say, please, we can talk about physical all day long. It's more than that. I have had loose skin. I realized and areas of my body that I had wanted to fix since my daughter was born. So you're thinking 28 years and no time like the present to me. And I, again, so grateful, not waiting till 2023, but just taking that leap of faith. And here we are six weeks later. That's incredible. So having, I mean, a lot of my career was in the, in the operating room. So I'm you know familiar with all these surgeries and nice. comparatively speaking, what you just had done six weeks ago, the plastic work is way more extensive than the VA, to be honest with you. I'm really- My nurses tell me that daily. They're like, you're a crazy girl. And when I brought them on my paperwork and my pictures, my nurses are you know, protective and the doctors I work with, and they looked at it. They're like, why are you here? How are you here? And yeah, I'm a little bit of a workaholic, but I, I missed being around people in interaction and I'm taking it easy. I'm, I'm not going crazy. I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to. I haven't had any openings, uh, nothing. I, I'm definitely taking it easy, but you're right. It's, it's a lot of plastics at once and just surgery in general. And it's emotional. It's very emotional, exhausting physically on your body. And you need to take care of yourself during this process. So there was someone else that I had um, interviewed and um, this was before she had plastics and I had been in contact with her after. And she, she said mentally it was harder for her after the plastics than it was after the weight loss surgery. Do you feel the same? And if so why? I agree with that. Um, and here's why I don't recognize myself. You've been living in the same body for so long and we're so critical of ourselves. We can easily pick ourselves apart more than we can praise ourselves. And now with what I've had done, I've chosen, I will be praising myself. People can think it's vanity. They can think whatever they want. I, I don't care. I'm going to love myself. And that is hard sometimes. And so when I'm looking at myself, let's say, you know, my derriere and I'm looking at a before and after picture, I can't get over that to me. The doctor had posted pictures on his Facebook group and two of the gals that I had met that were having surgery at the same time knew my tattoo previous. Um, I loved that, by, by the way, too. You're on a surgery floor for healing. So you're meeting these, you know, surgery sisters ahead of time. And I woke up to just a hundred messages. I was afraid to look at my phone. I was afraid of what I was going to see. And I couldn't believe that the actual word fear was there for me. 
I knew it was going to be a before and after on the table. And something about that was very intimidating and unreal to me. And emotionally, I cried. And I'm I'm not like that. It's the only time I've cried so far at this whole journey, by the way, is when I saw myself in that photo. Um, I don't know if it's because the picture was a vulnerable. I don't know if it's because I was proud of myself that I actually went through with it and did it. Or if it was because I was drugged up, I don't know one or the other. <laughs> but I just remember thinking, wow, that's me. And I did this. Holy Hannah, like, this is crazy. Um, but yeah, emotionally, I wasn't quite prepared for that. Also being alone. And I say alone, but my daughter and her wife have been fantastic. And my daughter has been like the best lymphatic masseuse. She doesn't even realize she's Mr. Calling in life. Um, they have been, you know, my physical support and emotional support because I have chosen not to really let a lot of people in because they don't understand. Again, people think this is vanity, I'm sure, you know, but if you had cancer, it's not, you get flowers, you get, you know, all these wonderful things. Uh, but when you have plastics, people think, well, why did you do that to yourself? Well, it's because I love myself and I want to make myself the best version of me that I can be. I don't want another seal jumping on my board and uh, a breast popping out. You know, I want to fill out my bathing suit and, and just feel good just wow like I just I love so much about you Christine I love your energy I love your transparency I love your honesty your bravery and all of this um guys if you are looking to follow someone uh who is very candid about their journey you need to follow Christine um you know in a world where we're using filters and using angles and you know things aren't always as they are um Christine just Girl, you keep it real. So if you could, could you please share with us your handle on Instagram? Oh, absolutely. Um, it's just at Steensy. I It was a nickname that my friend's kids gave me is like Aunt Steen, so they couldn't say it. So it's always Steensy, S-T-E-E-N-I-E. Um, when you said, you know, being transparent, I'm all about, you know, the good angles in the past. Sometimes that doesn't stop. But recording everything while I was in the hospital and stuff, it doesn't get more real than that. And I made sure to put it in little albums that I love when people message me and have said, thank you, thank you, thank you, because these are the little things I was thinking about. I don't even care if it was a bowel movement. I was just like, here's the stuff we don't think about. It's out there. Be prepared and feel free to message me if you have any questions, concerns, or just need an ear to listen for some support in any way. And that's why I have this podcast. I want to put this out there. I want people to know who either haven't had surgery, know what this is, know what, what, what people battle after surgery or, or the wins, you know, what has to happen. And and what I love about this interview with you is it's the self-love. I'm hearing two things. And this is what you always want to hear that it's for health and that it's for self-healing and self-love. And that's what this is all about. I think everybody on the planet is going through this journey in some way, but this is what it looks like for those who are going through weight loss surgery. Like we had said, you know, we're so easy to tear ourselves down instead of lift ourselves up. And, and I know everyone's probably seen this quote, but you know, if, if we said the things about ourselves that we say to other people, what a better world, you know, we would live in, we would all feel more positive about ourselves, which would then just roll over and be happy with other people as well. I, I, I wish that was out there more. And that's my main intent, I think, just to educate people and try and make them feel good. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for putting that out into the world. Thank you for your beauty and your light and sharing your story. And I've got one last question. I always like to ask for recommendations from our 
uh, guests. And so you had mentioned you enjoy self-help books. Are there any in particular that you would like to mention or recommend to our audience? You know what? I couldn't really off the top of my head tell you. Um, I gravitate towards definitely women empowerment. Um, so I couldn't really tell you one particular author other than um, Gloria Steinem. I'm a big Jane Fonda fan. I mean, I know that sounds a little silly and maybe old school, but when I look back at the women that I have always admired, it comes down to pioneers um, such as them that just kind of say it the way it is. Gloria Steinem actually had a new book she came out with about two years ago, and it just resonated with me at this point in my life, maybe now more than it ever had been in the past. Um, there are a lot of people out there that I think depending on your beliefs and, you know, things like that, that you will resonate with maybe different than someone else. Uh, there's just a lot of great people out there. If, if you search and it doesn't even always have to be a book, it could just be someone writing a blog or um, someone like you, you know, that's doing a podcast that, you know, someone wants to listen to over and over again, because it makes them feel good. I just think it's important to find someone that is truly quote your tribe and makes you feel like the best version of yourself. Oh, how I don't want this interview to end. Gosh, Christine, what, just thank you so much for sharing your story. This has been an absolute pleasure getting to know you better, getting to know your story and uh, learning more about your strength and who you are and who you're becoming. Guys, go give her a follow on Instagram, Steensie, S-T-E-E-N-S-I-E. And Christine, we hope to have you back again in the future. Take care and thanks so much for stopping by. Thanks, Desi. Have a great day. Thank you all for listening. I hope you loved this episode as much as I did. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review because I want to hear from you guys. Let me know what you thought of this episode and any ideas you'd like to hear more about. Keep in touch through social via Facebook or Instagram at Coach Desi and subscribe to my newsletter at CoachDesi.com. Remember, your journey is still being written.